How should we keep fighting the fight? How do we stay patient, knowing that the dividends might come later and not now necessarily? How does one implement a compartmentalized approach in our daily life? We talk about all of this and more. Today, we speak to business owner Evan Bishop, the man behind Worldly Migration, who has enabled many individuals and families to live the great Australian dream. A specialist in employer-sponsored visas, he's a well-rounded migration law consultant, and he has become a go-to mentor in the RMA profession for other migration agents and immigration lawyers. Thrilled to be joined by Evan. Stay tuned. Hello, my dear listeners. This is Sriram Ayer, host of the podcast, The Next Big Thing. And, you know, I have two favorite times uh, of the week. One when I record the podcast and one when I publish it. So we are back to recording another podcast with yet another wonderful guest. And today we are going to talk a lot about both the things this podcast is aiming for. That is the mindset and marketing. So today's guest, you know, I can proudly call him my friend. And this is someone who uh, he's very noble, you know, in his thoughts, in his actions. Uh, this is someone who loves to fight the good fight. He's, uh, you know, unrelenting in his determination to help others uh, in the area of employer-sponsored visas. And now he calls himself a migration law consultant, more specifically, a registered migration agent. Because over the years, uh, this guy has become the go-to mentor in the RMA profession for other migration agents and immigration lawyers on the employer-sponsored visa subclasses. But look, this is about this and a lot more. You know, he is super knowledgeable, very personable, and, uh, you know, he oozes trust. That's not something you say very often about people, but he does. I know this for a fact. So without further ado, please welcome... The owner of Worldly Migration, Evan Bishop. Evan, how are you, my friend? Thank you, Shri. Yeah, doing well today, mate. Yourself? Very well. I'm so happy that you came on to the show. We've had so many conversations over the past. None of them have been recorded. I wish they were. <laughs> but here we are today with the opportunity to make amends and put a recorded podcast out there. Thank you. Now, thank you for having me. Excellent. Look, I'm, I'm really glad you can make it. So let's get straight into it, right? We're going to talk about a lot of things. You know, you want to touch upon both the aspects that ne the next big thing is about, the mindset and marketing. Uh, but you know how we do this, yeah? You know how this rolls? Yes? Okay. Yes, they give so, a bit of a, yeah, uh, put a bit of a spin in the works. That, well, that, that's my job, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, because I know that I'm going to put myself out there, so might as well, you know, make it a bit hard for the guest as well. Now, uh, for those who are tuning in for the first time, uh, we kick things off with a little bit of a fact versus fib exercise where Evan today is going to share two things about, uh, about himself. And like you, I don't know which one's which. So Evan, hit me and I have to guess fact versus fib. Yes, well, a bit of context for the listeners to uh, to lead in, I do visas. So I help people to come to Australia with their visas and then later on citizenship if they choose to do so. And I deal with anyone from around the world. So on the topic of the globe, the, oh. the, which one of these is the facts? So the first one being that I'm very well traveled around the world mm -hmm. or 
the complete opposite. I've only ever been out of Australia a couple of times. So uh, given what I do for work, which one do you reckon that would be? So the so one of them is you've been outside of Australia only a couple of times, so not very well traveled by that definition. Exactly, not not well traveled versus I guess the opposite. Uh, you've been uh, to say well say ten plus countries or something like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is really <laughs> tough, Evan. So yes, yeah, so given that you do that, given that you're in the business of getting people from the globe to Australia, question is, have you been <laughs> outside of Australia? I think of uh, you know, I'm thinking of my friend who used to run a liquor business, but he never drank alcohol, and yeah, uh, okay. so yeah. <laughs> so that was the irony there. So I'm gonna go with that. Actually, I don't know. I just feel like you haven't traveled much, even and though you've yeah. come across somebody who's very experienced and knows a lot about the world, but I'm going with fact, you haven't traveled much. And you're, you're bang on. Perfect. Oh, <laughs> Good job. Good job. I'm, a, I'm on a roll. You know, I'm doing really well with this last three, four podcasts. I'm getting them right. And before that I had a terrible run, but good. Okay. So let me ask you this, right? Once the pandemic lifts, are you, are you aiming to, uh, you know, is that a record you're aiming to have I mean, <laughs> look, I just, I mean, that's just sort of happened, happened over the years. I'm the sort of person that has always jumped headfirst into a lot of different roles and work. Mm. Um, mm. I, I met my partner when, and now wife, when we were both quite young and, and the drive mm. was always to start a family and mm. build a house and all that sort of thing. But mm -hmm. I'm very grateful for what I do for work because I'm having to learn about Oh goodness, the, the villages that people have come from and the local mm. laws of those villages to help talk about custody wow. rights or or naming rights um wow. you know different different countries around the world have different different calendar systems um uh, you know like people's people's birthdays may not line up with their actual birth certificate and there's just a lot oh. of um a lot of those i guess bare bone type yeah. of stuff but then also leading on more from that learning about people's cultures particularly sometimes the partner visas i do there's a yeah. lot of details about the person's background and i feel very well cultured in that regards, as opposed to just uh, going to different tourist destinations around the world. So yeah, I've probably definitely been to under 10 countries. So that was a good number to uh, good number to pick. But yeah, I'm just yeah. I'm I'm head over heels for Australia, mate. I yeah, uh, that's it. There's always somewhere new to explore. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't get into Adelaide last year or Tassie this year. So I think yeah. there's a lot of big trips uh, in the car this year. Hundred percent. Oh, sorry, more so, more so next year at this stage. Yeah. Hundred percent left in the tank for 2021. <laughs> that's it. That's it. And you've got a young family as well. And you know, I'm sure you your hands are full with the business and, <laughs> and wouldn't have it any other way. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. Wonderful. Great to hear, mate. So thanks for sharing that. That was wonderful. Now I know for a fact. Now I didn't know this fact was his feet, but what I do know <laughs> is that you're a very hardworking man. All right. You've never been shy of sharing, you know, your uh, work ethic you know, your attitude yeah. towards work. So talk to us about that. What does working hard mean? And, you know, they say working hard versus working smart. Where do you sit on that, on that whole thing? It's probably evolved over the years, to be honest. I mean, when I started my business and um, more so started self-employment and having just an open, open calendar and, and self-discipline, I believed, yeah, you need to be the hardest per person, hardest working person in the room. And that's just the sort of thing that, you hear those sayings, okay, that makes sense. And then I pushed it even further. And in particularly last year during the pandemic, when that hit, um, I was very worried that because there was a border closure to Australia, no one knew was coming to Australia, nor were they for 
indefinitely foreseeable period of that time, I thought, goodness, I need to start being adaptive mm. with my business, look at different marketing strategies. And I just, I just worked myself into a hole. Um, I thought mm. I don't want to be the hardest working person in the room. Yep. There, there is no room right now in, in um, <laughs> you know, in lockdown. I want to be the hardest working person that I know. And that was a um a very admirable trait, but I had to mm. adapt it to get to a point where you hit you hit burnout. Um mm. it's very unlimited time and capacity that you've got as a small mm. business owner. I mm. need to shift that to be, I need to be the hardest, not not the hardest working person potentially in the room, but you need to be the the smartest working person. So mm. being able mm. to to give more to yourself in a certain capacity as opposed to just giving yourself all the time. Mm. So yeah, that's sort of I think hard work is definitely yeah, definitely important, but I've had to adapt how hard work is defined for myself over the years. Mm, indeed. No, that's so fascinating to hear. I I do want to explore it in greater detail because Please, yeah. I was just thinking, as you said, that you're obviously you run, you know, you run your own business, as do I. And that journey is a very bumpy one, you know, it, uh, in the, in the whole amusement theme park, if the world was an amusement theme park, uh, running yourself business would be the biggest roller coaster there. Right. So, um, given Tw- that 24 seven theme park, <laughs> that's it. That's it. Uh, so in such a scenario, a lot of people, businesses, you know, they're happy to work hard, but they might not get the results straight away. And you and I, you know, we live in this instant gratification world, right? So everything has to be right here, right now. So how do you, you know, how do you approach this? You work hard, you don't get what you want right now. Maybe you'll get it in the future. How do you not get deflated? And how do you tell yourself, you know what, mate, you got to keep working hard or smart? Yeah, I think it starts with the the product or the service or the um, the fight that you're fighting um, when you start it from day one. If, if you believe in it, then continuing on. I've had a um, a handful of side businesses and side hustles, and not all of them have eventuated past that sort of honeymoon period, mm. um, whether that be six months, twelve months. So mm. that aspect is a uh, is a tricky one. But I think working hard from day one, and you have a lot of a lot of gaps in your day. All of a sudden, you're not needing to be somewhere at a certain time. You can run your own calendar. Mm. Um, you know, you're, you're fighting and setting up um, different aspects to be able to get clients in the door or or selling to your customers. I think that if you work really hard and you put in the hard work, then that will pay dividends later on. And that's probably not even just in business, but in life as well. That could be um, exercise, that could be um, mm. sticking to certain diets or you know, just sort of healthy, clean eating, um, your relationships as well, mm. whether that be with friends or family. Mm. If, you, if you put in that hard work, it sets the good foundations later on. So mm. you form those form those habits. And next thing you know, that the time you start in a new venture or start in a business, it really gets filled in with those good habits and that hard work that you do. Um, and I think that would be the the best way to sort of go about that hardworking attitude. Excellent. Excellent. Now, thanks for that. And look, I know you to be somebody who values the mindset and, you know, being in that optimum mental health, because only then can you run a successful business and, and make it grow, right? Now, uh, I also know that we all get overwhelmed. Now, I know that I did a couple of days ago with just, there was just so much going on, you know, and you look at everything and go, oh my God, <laughs> I need to step away from this. So, you know, 
how do how should business owners when they get overwhelmed what should they do and is there a preemptive proactive way to manage this at all yeah sometimes i i think you've got to go through it to sort of say to yourself okay i don't want to go through that again i've mm. i've learned a lesson you might go through it again mm. one two three more times a quarter a week a year <laughs> um i think it's just it's just a bit inevitable and i think as small business owners it's also the responsibility on your shoulders as well, whether it just take away from being financial or, or product or service based. It's also that responsibility that lands on your shoulders as well. So there's a lot that lot that goes into it. And I think, yeah, preempting that, um, you know, there's a potential for things to spiral out of control here. Like I said before, it's very admirable to be um, very hardworking. But also some people where um, being busy and, and hardworking and overworked is a bit of a badge of honor. And I think it's good that that's starting <laughs> to shift a little bit. I think as everyone has gone through um, lots of lockdowns between 2020 and 2021, I think a lot of people realize that the novelty of working from home and working really hard um, has, has started to wear off and people need to start to look after themselves a bit as mm -hmm. well. So. Indeed. And there's different yeah. different things that people can can do, and everyone's a little bit different. For myself, it's making sure that I go for a a walk. Um, I'm a very scheduled, structured person, and that mm. probably ties into other aspects as well that I'll, I might even talk about. But um, you know, within my day of making sure that I do these certain tasks and block out time for emergency work, block out time for meetings, mm. there's always a time blocked out for a walk, and uh, there's nothing that the rain jacket can't sort if it's. Uh, hailing cats and dogs. So <laughs> I think being disciplined with yourself as an individual as well, because you can't really help others until you can help yourself. And that's something that I've had to really evolve with this last probably well, in, in a spat about 12 months ago and a spat in the last probably three months as well. So Indeed, indeed. Now, I know that you're, you're big on this compartmentalization strategy, isn't yeah. it? So t tell us a bit more about how you sort of compartmentalize life. Yeah, I think we can get so overwhelmed um, just as individuals um, in your personal life and your work life and definitely small business owners as well because there's so much that falls on your shoulders that you need to do. So I think to put things into perspective, I like to compartmentalize my calendar a bit. Mm. I feel that if um, you were in the shower or on the toilet, you wouldn't be answering the phone. Mm. So you put that sort of same discipline, put that into your business and you say, look, I work best in the morning perhaps. So if you mm. block out the first, just even an hour, mm. an hour and a half every morning to get certain stuff done, you'll go through the rest of your day feeling great. And I can't remember the author, but there's a, a book and a, a theory called Eat the Frog. And if you mm, eat the it. frog first thing in the morning, that's the, that's the worst thing you can do that day. You're <laughs> eating a disgusting, slimy <laughs> frog. But everything else you do that day will just feel good. So you rip the Band-Aid <laughs> off, so to say. You get that you get that thing that you procrastinate on, yeah. the thing that will drag down your day and, and, and bring down your mood and your mindset. Just get that done in the morning. Yeah. And it's talking to, your, talking to your family, talking to your colleagues and your staff and just saying, this mm. is my, my deep focus time. Get that done. And I compartmentalize my um, appointments and meetings and stuff like that. Um, I'm not really one to sort of pick up the phone. Um, if it's ringing when it suits other people, if I'm right in the middle of something that I'll lose my groove to get back into. So I think if you also compartmentalize your day as best as possible, you don't want to be mm. too structured and um, regimented, but you also then get a bit of a better perception of time of 
how long things actually take to do. So mm. um, my, my wife and I always laugh that I say to her, um, you know, normally the routine would be that we have an early dinner and um, get both kids to bed and then I say, okay, look, I just want to get this 15-minute thing done and then I'm yeah. done. Yeah. And, and Evan's 15 minutes is actually um, normal time of maybe 60 minutes. Um, yeah, that's a very just, long 15 minutes. Yeah, yeah it's just, I've, I've just had to learn that something that is easy to me and I just need to do, I think that that has a short time frame, but really mm. just because it's easy and not strenuous doesn't mm. mean that it's necessarily too quick. Sometimes replying to the one or two emails could be a 45-minute task. Mm. By the time you do research, type up a well-written answer and, and check it and stuff like that, and then on top of all that, I guess what you need to be able to look at doing is, um, you know, yeah, that understanding of time, how long things take. Sometimes something might go for, you think, oh, I've been putting this task off, it's going to take an hour. It takes you 15 minutes. So, yeah, doing all that uh, and then maybe spending your time as well, wisely trying to think where you do it. So you look at your compartmentalized day and you think, well, mm. do I really need to be doing this as small business owners? We think we need to do everything, but potentially um, we're putting it through a bit of a funnel and realizing what what is the crux of needs to get done. Yes, uh, I was uh, working with somebody uh, on an organizational chart model, and I just playfully did one for myself, and I realized that I was in every single box. <laughs> so, yes, <laughs> and uh, there was many hats. Quite a, yes, indeed, indeed, indeed. Hope I'm hoping that'll change. That's the plan anyway. But uh, look, I want to go back to something interesting you mentioned. And, you know, in our previous discussions, you've talked about this busyness syndrome. Yes. And, you know, we're, you know, I think someone said we're, we're busy being busy. <laughs> and it's almost like busyness for the sake of it sometimes, you know, it can, it can feel like that. And it gets in the way of everything. Now, I remember my mother called me yesterday and I didn't speak to her because I said, oh, I'm, I'm busy. And then I kind of reflected on that going, hang on, maybe I could have made time there. Right. <laughs> and didn't, you know, it, it probably means a lot to on the other end as well. Um, but, you know, what is, what is your uh, take on this? I am busy comment that we keep throwing around. Is, is that an excuse or is, does it come back to priorities? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting one. I don't know if, if we had have had this chat um, 18 months ago, 24 mm. months ago, pre pandemic, I don't know if my answer would have been different or mm. if because I've evolved during this. This sort of period, or just I've, I've just naturally evolved in life as it is. But I'm finding mm. that people are so quick to use busy as an excuse, and it could be quite mm. subconsciously. So I, I believe that when someone says that they're busy, I've I've learned over the years that busy is maybe just an excuse that they're not making it important to bring forward. Mm. So mm. Um, you know, I I get well, I believe honestly believe everyone everyone is busy and. Mm. Um, you know, you you learn to prioritize certain things. So I, a non-negotiable for me is doing that that daily walk. Mm. Uh, and that means that other things happen and trickle throughout the day where I might be too busy to do this or that. But you honestly will make the time if it's important enough to you. And I think if you – I honestly believe that people do it um, by accident and subconsciously. Mm. They don't realize that they're using busy mm. as that bit of a excuse to not make it important. But when I identified that within myself, I feel like I was a bit more honest to people to be able to say, look, it's just not a priority for me right now. It's something that I'll, I'll swing back and look around in a quarter or or next year or in 12 months. 
but it, right now, instead of just using the the busy tag, um, mm. which is which is the truth, but I'm I'm busy because I'm not making your thing a, a, a priority problem. to bring into my life right yeah. now. So I think when you maybe identify that within yourself a bit, you actually have a lot better interactions with people when you realize just how easily the word busy can be used because everyone is busy as such a as such a relative term. And working within the law, I walked out of law mm. school realizing that um, there's there's may in the law and then there's must and there's mandatory. So those are the things that mm. have to happen. Mm. And the word may is completely discretionary. It's up to a, a deciding case officer if they do or don't implement a certain thing. <laughs> so I'd love using that in my personal life. If you say to someone you're busy, it's so relative. I love saying to my son, no, we will go and do that soon because what is soon, you know? Yeah. Soon to me might be two hours, soon to him would be two seconds. So yeah. Um, it's, it's yeah, I feel that busy is very relative and it's intangible Yeah, and it's maybe something that people throw up a bit too easily. And you, yeah. can, you can use that to identify how you interact with others as well as how they interact with you. Yeah. So interesting. I, when you talked about those uh, time frames, you know, soon and all of those things, it just um, uh, it re- reminded me of a personal story because I, in my house, I'm notorious for uh, wanting cuddles all the time. And uh, so that's my love language, right? I love to. So, I remember this time on your podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and I asked my daughter, my five-year-old daughter, and, you know, um, teaching her consent and all of that stuff. And I say, hey, can Dada get a cuddle? And she says, maybe later. And that basically means never. <laughs> so, yeah, true. true. <laughs> Not happening. As, as a parent, you do uh, those sort of, uh, yeah, those sort of words later, soon. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you sort of realize then how much you use them as a parent and they, uh, it. yeah, it could be miscommunication sometimes. So. That's it. That's it. Excellent. <laughs> now, okay. So let's go back to uh, your main business, right? I know you have yes. a few interesting side hustles, which maybe we will talk about, um, you know, in, in a subsequent uh, session. But today let's talk about worldly migration. Yeah. You're, you're in the business of migration. It as you said, very challenged during the pandemic uh, times, which is still still a case. Yeah. And I know you run a very successful business, right? So what was your marketing strategy? What worked in helping you, you know, uh, you know go through the storm? Yeah, I think when you, when you start a business, you do everything just because you feel like you need to. You hear about this platform, that platform, um, you know, really... TikTok is a thing now. I should be on TikTok, but I'm not. Um, you know, Twitter is quite large as a platform. I'm I'm not on Twitter. There's mm. um, you know, Google AdWords is something I don't do. There's lots of very successful marketing tools that are available that aren't really suitable for everyone. Mm. For myself personally, a lot of my business has been referral based, word of mouth. Mm. Um, that that's come about from Evan Bishop, the the person, and I've had mm. to adapt it over the years to be less about. Evan Bishop, the person, and Evan Bishop now has a team which is worldly mm. migration, and there's certain ways to be able to get to Evan Bishop, the person. But it's still, uh, yeah, my my name and reputation mm. out there has been very beneficial, and that comes down to what we said before about being hardworking. So that's mm. getting out and, and meeting people. You and I met through a mm. local a local council networking event, and now here we are, years on, mm. and still in regular contact. Um, in terms of, so that's, yeah, it's closed Facebook groups. It's, um, it's networking events. It's getting your name out there and 
um, you know, sometimes as well, what what can you do for someone? If someone gives you a, a lead and that lead pays off, I like to go back to that person and say, hey, Sheree, thank you for that that mm. lead. Um, you know, I'm going to go ahead and help that business or help that family. Um, is there a book on your on your wish list, mate, that you're on your read list you'd like to have? Mm. You know, please let me send it to you as a thanks and stuff like that. So it's, it's just a little, um, yeah. it's, it's people don't ask for that. And I don't let people know that sort of thing would happen, but it's showing that that gratitude. And I think that stuff pays off probably from a digital sense. Um, something that you and I worked on together was an ebook for myself. And that ebook makes it quite authoritative about what I'm saying. And um, then that way people can go through a, a, a newsletter channel and a marketing, a marketing funnel. And your newsletter list is something that when you look at what you own in the business, you don't own your social media on Facebook. You don't own no. Um, this or that, but you do own your your database list and you get to mm. see who's interested and who's not. Mm. Even before I did that, I realized that I'd like to do a lot of video content. And I just yeah. did that because I found that if I was having a lot of five to 10 minute chats, the same type of chat with people, then mm. is this something that I can get out there a bit more easily in a blog content, in a video to say to someone, Yep, I understand what you're after. Please mm. read this blog or watch these two five-minute videos. And then when you have a chat to me for 15 minutes, it's maximizing mm. our time together. Yep. So I just did that out of um, out of a time saver, I guess, to be able yeah. to say to people, look, instead of me repeating myself, here's some here's some content to look at. And I found that um, having videos on my website, they're embedded from YouTube. So having them on YouTube is great for tags and stuff as mm. well. That was always very, very helpful to create that authoritative sense about yep. what I do. Absolutely. Um, and yeah, delivering things a little bit different as well. Migration law or any area of law can be very dry and boring and it's not for everyone. So I like to try and make things in common sense terms and help people understand as well without ever overstepping the mark as to what I'm actually saying. Mm. I, I've heard you talk about marketing with purpose and this is what you're referring to. Yeah, I, I just feel that like people should never try to do all different types of marketing just because it's the norm. So mm. you might have two completely similar businesses, but one might be doing, like I said, I do a lot of SEO and try and build organic traffic to my website. Other people, they they need to be seen within the noise. So they do um, Google ads to be able to go to the very top. So I'm quite fortunate, I guess, that what I do is very niche within the law in Australia, within migration law, I'm in the crossover section of employment law. Mm. So I can be quite clever with my keywords to bring people to my website and images and video content and stuff like that. But for other people which have a very um, a, a product where there's a lot of noise in their particular market, but they have a unique message that needs to be seen, something like Google AdWords is perfect to jump people to the top, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's suitable for every type of business. 100%, 100%. Um, I feel like for me, yeah, Google AdWords, I've, I've tried it over the years, but it's just something which would maybe bleed out a lot of um, potential profit because um, I can try and organically get to those those mm. top searches anyway. Um, mm. But yeah, what works for one person and one business and one strategy may not work for the next completely similar type of business. And what works today may not work tomorrow, let alone in a year or two. So it's being adaptive in that regard as well. But yeah, key thing is just the market. With purpose, don't ever feel like you need to do something just because everyone else is. Um, mm. I, I don't know how anyone else feels in this because I haven't spoken to anyone, but I keep getting updates on my phone for the Clubhouse app. 
And mm-hmm. I was so keen to get onto onto this new clubhouse social media platform because there was such a ruckus about it. Yep. And I just didn't want to be left behind. I think it was invite only. I was waiting for it to come out on Android. <laughs> wow. And I've been, I've been on it a few times, but um, I just don't feel like that's a platform that I'd be able to um, succeed on. And I don't feel like my end users and target markets are on that platform. 100%. So that, that's an example where there's all these different areas, um, you know, TikTok, I, I looked into how I could do it, but I don't believe that would be most beneficial for me, but for different product-based businesses, that would be perfect. So 100%. It's, yeah, just making sure you were, don't burn yourself out by doing all different types of platforms, figure out what would work well and trial and error, A-B testing, and then you, you tweak and perfect one or two platforms and move on to the others. Hundred percent. So I couldn't agree uh, more with you, uh, Evan. This is um, you know this is stuff that businesses don't necessarily appreciate, and they get into that whole FOMO of oh my god, am I missing out by not being on this platform? And they get very obsessed with platforms. And yeah, you don't want to fall behind. Yeah. Yeah. So you know a lot of conversations around. If I say, hey, you know, what's your marketing strategy? Generally, they would say Facebook or Google. Well, you know, there's more to marketing strategy than the choice of marketing medium. True. Yes. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it all boils down to you. You said that yourself, that it boils down to your target audience. Who are you trying to reach and where can you find them at, at the most cost effective method? Right. So, yeah, I, I agree. If TikTok's not where your target audience lives, then why would you <laughs> why would you be there? And if Snapchat is, you know, your demographic is completely different to a Snapchat typical demographic, then don't waste your money. Don't flush it down the toilet. Uh, so 100%, no need to put your eggs in all baskets. You probably don't have enough eggs. <laughs> More baskets yeah, than eggs. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I just, I just feel that you can't give 100% of yourself to 100% of platforms. You'd be giving, yeah. you'd be giving 60 or 70%, but um, sometimes you're better off making one absolutely fire figuring out what works that gives you the time and the capital to move on and perfect another platform indeed indeed all right now i know that you uh, you know i talked about your moral compass uh, earlier on in the podcast or i alluded to it anyway but you're somebody who uh, you know i admire for this trait you believe in being good and doing good and the other day when i was i went back to you know some planning that i was doing for my for my own business and i went back to the core values question yeah and and i had written down something similar to this as well you know doing good things doing you know, the, taking the right actions because I believe they go out into the universe and create something else, something very beautiful. Um, and so, you know, I, I know that you believe hard work creates luck. Is that what you said? Yeah, but hard work creates luck. But I think, uh, um, you know, it also genuinely creates opportunity and that opportunity yeah. can allow you to, to give back to others, like you said. Uh. Yeah, that, that good moral compass. Mm. So, to tell me about this, you know, uh, businesses we we're here for. Look, we we need, we want to make a living, right? So, there's no shame in saying it's a for-profit business. Yeah. Yep. Where does the element of selfless activity or doing something for the world or giving back, pro bono, all of that, where does that fit in? Yeah, well, this is this is um, a good time for this sort of question and answer because we've spoken about people being busy, and when you're busy, you're tunnel visioned. Um, compartmentalizing and, and realizing that okay I've got I've got time to be able to do other things and maybe those other things don't need to be 
for purpose, for a profit, but just doing good for the sake of doing good. Mm. And because as small business owners, we have that unique opportunity to do so. Mm. Um, Sometimes it's not necessarily something you need to put money up front to be able to do. It might just be your time to be able to give back to people. So uh, for myself personally, definitely when the when the pandemic hit, um, there was this huge panic within myself, which in mm-hmm. hindsight, that may be because um, the, the, the business is still running, the business is doing great, the business is growing. So it's a, sure. it's a great, it's a great uh, ending at this stage. But at the time, I thought, what's, what's going to happen here? And that pushed me to look into doing every type of marketing under the sun. That's how I had to learn the hard way that you don't need to be doing everything, but I still want to take the time to help others if I could, because I thought, well, look, I'm in a hypothetical scramble. You know, maybe things will be tough for my business because the border's closed. So there's no new inbound migrants coming to Australia. People are leaving Australia because they're mm. um, they're losing jobs, losing work rights. And I still wanted to be able to look at how I could give back to people, but with no with no purpose. And there was mass redundancies for people who there was a certain point where the prime minister said, if you can't financially support yourself in Australia, if you're a temporary Mm. visa holder, this is your window of opportunity to be able to leave while there's Mm. still flights. And Mm. um, otherwise you you don't know how long you'll be stuck in Australia. You may not have work rights. Um, Can can you support yourself? Yes or no. So, um, and I think the, the pandemic, the lockdowns all dragged on a lot longer than anyone had anticipated. Someone who was, happily employed in March, April of 2020 doesn't necessarily mean if they were that same position six months later, 12 months later, no. maybe even 18 months later. So mm. I, I realized that I want to be able to help. I just started a business to be able to help people. I was a recruiter originally, helping people into <laughs> their first job and starting yep. their career. I extended that by going back to university, becoming a registered migration agent to also help with their visas mm. and getting residency in Australia. and people being made redundant left, right, and center just because of what was happening in the global climate, I was able to really guide a lot of individuals. And it it really um, spiraled out of control with the amount of people I was able to help. It started with two or three, and then a couple of those people at a very big firm, and they told other people. And all of a sudden, I had maybe 100 people that I was helping giving advice to. And that was um, closed video content that I would give to the people. It was running seminars left, right, and center to try and, I guess, not really a good term for it, but copy and paste my information and my efforts to people to be able mm. to um, spend time one-on-one with individuals, but to be able to say, here is a, an hour's worth of content, then we can spend a little bit of time together to help people. And the tenacity of a lot of these individuals, they were able to find employment and, and be able to continue to be in Australia happily employed and with an income in what is a very expensive country to be able to live in. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel that being able to be hard working and be able to help others if you've got the opportunity to do so is a is a beautiful thing to be able to do because as small business owners, we give other people in our business the opportunity and we have the opportunity to help others. But if I was employed at a firm, I work my hypothetical nine to five job, they never are mm. that, but you know what I mean? Mm. It's you work your job and you you're in a box and a structure where you can't really expend yourself further to be able to help other people. So, um, yeah, you don't necessarily do that for a profit. You don't do it for any agenda. Mm. Um, you don't even do it to try and build up your good karma in the bank. It's mm. uh, 
you know, it just, just happens. being able to do it because, yeah, exactly. Because it's a you, natural you byproduct. Yep. yep. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, good things can come from those. And uh, um, it, it happened for me last year. I had a, through LinkedIn, I had someone contact me. I thought it was a spam thing. They wanted to put me in a publication. They're in a, a US publication and they were doing a um, their first edition of the Australian Top 100 Professionals. And I thought, well, you know, um, sure, I'd love to chat. And they would see what I was doing with that redundancy area for migrants and they thought it was an interesting story and I didn't mm. see what was interesting about it and I didn't really want to have that story shared because I just thought well, look this is just it's just what I'm doing to help other people but yeah. uh, um, when I saw the story get published I thought okay that's something that uh, I, I didn't ask for this to happen and, and people don't ask for the accolades but that was a bit of a, a bit of a moment for me to reflect and think okay I got my business and my personal life and my family through this border closure and this pandemic. Yeah. Yeah, and I've helped other people as well, and I guess I've got through the other side. Indeed, indeed. So always nice to have some withdrawals from the bank of karma. So that's uh, that's nice. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you don't. You, it's never your motive, and you don't do it yep. for for that purpose. But I think yeah. that um, being hardworking, you create luck for yourself, and yep. I think um, that luck creates opportunity, and you have the opportunity to help others. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Beautiful thoughts. So on that note, we, you know, we probably have time for one last question. And you know that uh, the first and the last questions of our podcast always remain the same. And this question is also, I would love to know what Evan Bishop thinks is the one must have trait for businesses or individuals to become the next big thing. What's the one non-negotiable I think the answer would be, although we've touched on a lot of different topics like being hardworking, not using busy as an excuse, I think just having that good moral compass and oh. it's not only within your profession, within your industry, but just as a, as a human as well, mm. doing, um, doing the right thing and, and doing things to help others mm. and having a purpose will be able to really take yourself to new heights and um, not just yourself as an individual and your individual growth, but your business will grow will grow with you. If you don't grow yourself as an individual and as a leader in your business, then you can't expect your business to come along with you as well on the journey. You both go hand in hand. Bravo. Well said. Well said, Mr. Evan Bishop. Thank you very much for that. And look, thank you for making the time to record this podcast. I'm sure it's going to be super valuable. You know, good luck with everything that you do with all your compartmentalization and all the <laughs> all the strategies that you've got on and all the help that you're doing for the global community. I'm sure they, they're much better off for it. And uh, look, I know you love walks, so hopefully I can join you for a walk and talk and, you know, we get to catch up. And be healthy at the same time. So, but Indeed, thank, you. thank you for thank you for having me on. And you'll you'll laugh knowing that uh, we're talking about compartmentalizing. That I had an out of office on today because I've got a couple of different things like this. So uh, <laughs> um, that that's a thing as well. Like today is a today is a talking to yourself, talking to a couple other people, couple appointments. Uh, um, yeah, yeah, you got to uh, got to do good to yourself. I think so. Indeed, mate. I'm so glad we could do this. Thanks, mate. Thank you for having me on. Terrific. <laughs>